This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And we are live. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am one of your co-hosts, Blake Rafino. Alongside me is the Jersey man himself, Tony Soprano's seventh cousin, Joe DeLeon. Good evening, sir. How are we doing? I, we had a nice discussion before the show. We were talking about pizza from New Jersey. We were talking about Italians from New Jersey. It was a nice, nice uh, fresh uh, breath of air that we were talking about. You, yeah, you I mean, made it up to, you haven't had any pizza from up there before, right? You've never made I've it I've never had there? pizza from New York. So look, as crazy as this sounds, I am a pretty big Yankees fan. Okay, I just don't talk about it content-wise a lot. Mm-hmm. And I've always wanted to go there. I always want to go catch a game in the Bronx, you know, go over to Queens and tell the Mets fans they suck and, <laughs> uh, you know, go to Boston and, and tell them, like, who, who, who builds a green wall? Like, this isn't Dude, China, right? You I, know, like, I have to say that that stadium is one of the most overrated pieces of garbage I have ever been in. I say that to my girlfriend all the time who's from Boston, big Boston sports fan. She gets so mad when I say it. It is one of the biggest hunks of junk that I have ever sat in for a sporting event. That thing is just – it's – there's been no effort made to improve that thing. It is a giant pile of garbage. Uh, I haven't been to Yankee Stadium, the new one, and I think that it is definitely probably worth checking out. Don't go to Queens, though. Don't waste your time going to Queens. Just Is stay Bronx in the, city. the best part of New York? No, I mean, near Central Park, that general area is is much better. The Bronx is fine. I mean, it's just, you know, the stadium's there. But anywhere near Central Park in that general area, unless you go too I just wanted a New north. Yorker to yell at me, you know, for walking too slow or opening the door for for him. I can do that for you anytime. You want me to start well, yelling at why you? You're, why you're an asshole now is because you were too close to New York, you know? We had, yeah. a, we had a southernize you. I don't know if you fully southernized me yet. I think I'm not even too close because you're drinking like tequila <laughs> sodas and. I'll make the trip down there eventually, though. It'll be reciprocated. <laughs> All right. Well, we do got a lot that we have to discuss here tonight. St- talking about the South, a couple of games into it. Florida, Tennessee being one of them. LSU, Mississippi State, Penn State, Illinois, and Arkansas um, and BYU. So we have a lot to discuss here tonight, Joe. Listen, I'm old enough to remember three weeks ago when everybody was saying 21 days until college football is back. And now everybody's saying that this week's duds. I don't think this week's worth the games are duds. I I really don't. I think you're going to find out a lot about a lot of teams, and it's going to be fun. Look, nobody's giving South Carolina a chance. Okay, sounds good. Well, how good is Georgia? Offensively, how good are they? We, we got a lot of things that we got to discuss this week. A lot of good games that mm-hmm. I think we have on this slate. And everybody's like, oh, well, what about this, this, and that? Well, don't be counting down college football then if you're not ready for more games. Right. And I also think what's something that if you're like a real, you know, if you really like to get into the weeds, uh, some of these games, yes, they might be a little lopsided. We don't have a ranked on ranked matchup this week, but there's 
there's some games that if you dig a little deeper that we have some fun matchups outside of the ones that we're talking about on the show this week. One that I included on our game picks, Troy versus JMU is an important one for the Sun Belt. And I know, you know some people might roll their eyes at that, but that's actually probably the best, most competitive game of the weekend. JMU just beat UVA. They're a really good uh, up-and-coming G5 team that recently transitioned from the FCS level. And Troy has always been a strong football program. I know that they just got stomped by Kansas State, but, man, that could be a fun game to watch. If you're upset with the fact that we don't have any blue-blood marquee matchups, maybe look a little further and put one of these other game games on and uh, you know give them a chance. Yeah, it, it could be a very entertaining uh, game, uh, that one as well. I do just think that there's a lot of interesting ones. One we'll talk about here tonight, uh, Tennessee and Florida, primetime on ESPN. A lot of people writing off Florida, but Tennessee has not looked great. They did not look great against Austin P. Watch that film. And Arkansas, Joe, I, I got to be real. I don't think BYU is any good with Ken, uh, Kendon Slovis or Slovis, whatever the kid's first name is. Keaton I went Slovis. Yeah. I went and watched Arkansas's film today, and I am not impressed at all. Everybody keeps talking to me about Arkansas, and I keep sitting here saying to myself, like, okay, well, you're not that great right now. There's been no adjustments with K.J. Jefferson and his progression. Mm -hmm. He still is airmailing things. He, he, he throws a pretty ball, sure, but it, it, they're not gaining yards unless they're going K.J. left, K.J. right, K.J. up the middle. And I think BYU could keep this game a little bit closer, but let's see how they respond, too. Because, look, we're only in week two. Teams can get better. Teams can respond. So we'll, we'll talk about that. We did talk about Kansas State uh, and Missouri uh, on Monday. If you're looking for that, go and look and uh, go look for that as well. And tonight, Joe, we'll give our picks. Some really interesting games that we got to pick from this week. Yes, try to get very creative, as I was kind of mentioning a second ago. And I also mentioned it on uh, the Monday show that I didn't want to, you know, set us up here for a bunch of games where we all picked the same five outcomes and it wouldn't be very exciting. Uh, instead, I tried to dig a little bit deeper, but our game picks, I think, are going to be very fun. We're, you got a little catching up to do here, Blake. You're three picks behind me. I'm starting to pull away I got a here. lot of season to go. I got a lot of season mm -hmm. to go. Hey, man, as somebody who has done a pick -em segment on all of my other shows, once you build a little bit of a lead – all that momentum is going to carry the rest of the season. I typically win these things, by the way. You're you're up for uh, – we didn't talk about this ahead of time. It's a tough task if you're going to try and beat me, Blake. <laughs> I did – so here's the thing. Like Zach Arnett today, which I'll talk yes. about tonight at 7, uh, you and Zach Arnett, that Mississippi State head coach, are really cocky for people who haven't proven themselves yet. What has Arnett said? He oh, I've proven myself. Settle that part down. I, I completely missed that. What did, Ar what did Arnett say, though? Okay, well, yes, you have. I, that was a low blow by me. I, I uh, low blow like we're in the WWE. Like Ric Flair, remember how he used to low blow people, hit him right in the balls? Um, he just was a little cocky piece of shit today, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Like somebody from the Baton Rouge media asked him a question like, hey, can you um, – Basically, can you elaborate on being more aggressive in play calling? He goes, you completely uh, took that out of context. Now, that's two things that he's kind of blown up on in the last week. You know, I kind of laughed off the him saying the F word to Cole Kublik in the postgame show. Okay, look, he's a new head coach. He, he slipped up. But now he's, you know, being really disrespectful to 
Baton Rouge media. And I'm like, this kid just asked you, can you elaborate? And you had to be a piece of crap. I mean, he's not humble and all. Look, man, you're 2-0, but you better be careful. If it's not LSU yeah. this week, somebody down the road is going gonna, is gonna to really start beating you down. So you better be careful. Yeah, that's that's not good that we're already in week two and he's you know he's been like this. He's a new head coach. And the weird thing is, I feel like over the offseason, a, a lot of people were in on Arnett's camp saying that you know he's thrust into the head coaching job with difficult circumstances. But many had said that eventually in a few years, he was somebody who was predicted to be uh, a quality head coaching candidate. But to, to already be putting this target on his head is just, you know, well, it's not the way to go about it. Well, and I think he knows what he's doing because not many of us are on the SEC teleconference and nobody's going to go out. I tweeted it and deleted it because I knew it what it would start. And But look, man, don't think that we're not going to talk about it. That's for damn sure. Oh, and by the right. way, I did forget, forget about uh, Penn State and Illinois. So we'll we'll talk about that as well. You're fighting the line. Not, not such a good game. It could have been such Look, a game. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you something. Lance Leopold put people on notice. He started That's putting people on notice last year, and then his quarterback went down. They couldn't They couldn't hang on. Yeah. You, Jimbo gets fired. Lance Leopold will win at A&M. Oh, I, damn I right. I promise you he will win at A&M. Lance Leipold, before we get to the ad break, is one of the best, if not the best, offensive play caller in college football. Uh, okay, settle down. He hasn't Dude. gotten the rib. He hasn't gotten the uh, somebody who's done more with less. I can't think of another coach. Yeah, that's true. But he's eighty-seven years old. Okay, Lance Leipold. No, he's he's not that old. Okay, he's not eighty-seven years old. He's a great coach. He's a tough man's, good yeah. you know, coach. You got to beat more than the fighting Illini. Look, yes. if you can beat, look, I'm just going to say this: if you can beat Illinois, Joe, they can go eight and four this year. I think it's certainly realistic. And right now, they're my fourth best team in the in the Big Twelve. I'm I'm pretty in on Kansas right now. Is yeah, this yeah, true? Can yeah. You confirm or deny this? Ever since Brett Bielema liked Joe's tweet and quote tweeted him, he he's went downhill. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, I'm just bad luck. Don't interact with me. I only lead to negative things for your team. Now, Texas A&M. Bro, by moved. the way, have you ever seen the picture of Brett Bielema with his shirt off and how big his belly button is? He's getting it, bigger. It, He's getting like, progressively bigger. It's His belly button's like this big. Well, I, I need to – we need to get uh, a one-on-one -on -one shirtless battle between uh, Brett Bielema and uh, – Sam Pittman. They, and Sam Pittman, we need we need to, somebody needs to coordinate. Do that. I need to get, <laughs> I need to get in the middle because I'm a bigger guy too? I don't think I'm. <laughs> I don't think you're up to the par of those two guys, but obviously yeah, respect so them either. as coaches. I think I'm a little bit more put together. <laughs> yeah, 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 and you're yeah, also much head, younger. My titties than them don't too. stack that low. All right. <laughs> Let's get rolling. Everybody do us a favor by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media groups. If you're on Facebook, share to all of those social media pages. If you're listening to us on YouTube, like, subscribe, and notification bell. Closing in on 2,000 subs on mm. YouTube. Wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're listening or watching us, excuse me, on Fubo TV, welcome, welcome, welcome. We had some uh, – one of our um, other shows on Believe had uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo on their show today. So if you go over to Fubo TV, yeah. you can watch that as well. Let's talk about our good friends. So over at bet online, we got a lot to discuss, a lot to break down. We do that next. 
BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live in-game betting props and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. You switched the sound. You switched the sound. Yeah, I mean, we could still do it, though. We're back. Well, I remember I remember last year when um, Ellinger started for the Colts, and I said in the office to the, the Charity Stripe crew that he would be the worst starting quarterback in the oh, NFL God, once he, he started, so and they were so upset with me. And what happened? He was the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. That's all I have to say. All I'm going to say is to our buddy Trey uh, Varnado, um, y'all need to calm down with this Anthony Richardson one game. He did blow it. He couldn't close. Okay, he couldn't close. He couldn't so, close. He still is doing a good job. He threw an interception and lost the game. He threw an I, interception and lost the game. Okay, so ca- calm down. It's a process. He, I what didn't was say Joey B's? I, just, I mean, he didn't look, look as bad as Bryce Young, that's for sure. Yeah, Bryce is – doesn't have a whole lot to. I I've I've kept something quiet. I think I've told you, but I I I'm I'm not. I, I we'll see. <laughs> we'll see we'll on Bryce. All right, let's not talk about the NFL. Tennessee and Florida prime time, six p.m., six thirty, whatever it is, on ESPN. Tennessee and Florida. Joe, I put an asterisk next to this on our pickums on this because I'm so fifty fifty. Uh, early in the game last week with Tennessee and Austin P. Tennessee could not get it rolling. I understand coming out for a quarter flat against an inferior opponent. I do not understand a half, and I sure as hell don't understand it for a game when you're in a dogfight. Joe, they should have been playing Nico Anamaleva or however you say it. I am Alavea. I am Alavea. And um, the second half of this game, or at least getting him into the fourth quarter. They don't really get him any work that he probably should have gotten because Austin P kept it close. Joe, the score was tied 6-6 to with five minutes left in the second quarter. Now, if I wanted to be petty, I could come out here and I could have clipped me from six months ago almost to the day when me and you kind of went back and forth about their offense. We talked about Josh Heupel. And we had kind of come to the conclusion that, yeah, their system would be the same. But I did say in that episode when we broke down Tennessee, I their offense is not going to look like it did with Hendon Hooker. It, when you change quarterbacks, it's going to look completely different. Joe, 6-6 six to six with five minutes left to go in the first half against an F, or against a – you said you put them in your top 25 of FCF's opponents. Is that right? Austin P. No, actually, Austin P. is is pretty bad. Austin okay. P. got stomped out in their Week One game against SIU. They're not a okay, good. Okay, so they're not a they're not a good team. 
No, they're bad. That that was one of the things I was going to bring up that like that should have been a blowout. That is a average, very middle of the pack FCS team that they struggled to move the ball against. Uh, I think you might have said Youngstown State. It was Youngstown that I said. I yeah. ranked Youngstown as as a top. Yeah, Alex just said that too. Yeah, Youngstown State. Yeah. Yeah. Joe Milton. So Joe, I watched both all twenty two copies today. One being. Arkansas, which we'll talk about in a minute, and Tennessee. Joe Milton started that game out one and eight. Now, maybe it's because the uniforms look so bad. I, I, I don't know. But, man, I'm going to tell you, their O-line, look, Florida's defensive line showed against Utah. They can play a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this game, Joe. I really don't. I know that everybody is poo-pooing on Florida. I get it. But they kept the game close against Utah. Now, I get his backup quarterbacks, but Joe is Joe Milton. What has Joe Milton shown for me to feel confident that Florida can't keep this game close? The game is in the swamp, a rivalry game at night. I don't like this. Now, the flip side of that, Joe Milton can make a statement. Joe Milton can make a statement. Now, the asterisk next to my pick is what I told you today, Joe. I have 24 hours before kickoff, so 6 p.m. on Friday. Yes. That I can flip my pick. I picked Tennessee today, but I might flip this to Florida. I might just do it. I will allow the asterisks. I will allow it. Uh, thoughts on the game, though. Specifically, Joe Milton here. I had said this in the offseason that I was, I was paused to buy in just yet on him because a lot of times when we've got these big-arm quarterbacks, the casuals get excited when you see him you know, doing the trick shots. Oh, hit the goalpost from 60 yards away. Look what it, look how big his arm is. And I mean, I even do the same thing sometimes where I, you know, I posted a clip of him from his week name one. is Anthony Richardson. I'm not talking about Anthony Richardson because Anthony Richardson had better touch, but the big issue that we get into here with these guys with huge cannons for arms is that sometimes they don't know how to take a little bit off. And that leads to inaccuracies inaccuracy problems. It leads to, uh, poor placement on throws on shorter to more intermediate routes. He can throw one of the best deep balls, if not the best deep ball, in all of college football. But the problem is, is when we try to pack things into that that five to fifteen yard range, I feel like that's where he's missing a ton. So this game, as you're talking about, it's a perfect opportunity for Heupel and this passing game to start to build some momentum. They're playing against a Florida team that's still an SEC opponent. I know that they've struggled. I know that we've spoken negatively on them, but it is still an SEC opponent with really good athletes. This could serve a similar purpose for what Quinn Ewers did against Alabama. I know it's not as difficult as an opponent, I mean, but Joe, now they have beaten by 30. You're going to say, okay, well, Joe Milton's not as bad as everybody thought through the first two weeks. Right. My whole point here is that after Quinn played the way that he did and used that in to get into rhythm, we're more confident in him. And that whole team is more confident. The same thing here where you're playing a good team, he throws for you know 300, he starts to be a little bit more in rhythm, that accuracy starts to look a little bit better. Use this game as a way to lead into that SEC schedule. Get ready to play your opponents. And I think that we need to pay attention to the way that Joe Milton plays in this game. I, I completely agree with you, Joe. Their O-line... It, both teams, really, but if we're talking strictly Tennessee, they are like they are trying to paddle upstream without, or they are trying to canoe upstream without a paddle, without Mays in there as their center. 
dude, they're getting beat up front by FCS defensive linemen bad. Like Joe Milton got sacked. And look, some of this wasn't on Milton. Okay. Like I, some of this, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, Hey man, if you snap the ball and immediately your center gets swimmed and you're trying to go through a progression and you don't have time to process and you have to take the sack, that's not on him. They do have a pretty good running game though. Yes. And one thing that I do like is how Hypel, if it's not working offensively, he's going to change it very immediately. He's a good offensive play caller, one of the best offensive play callers in the country. The only thing that I think that could work in Joe Milton's favor here, though, when you turn on that Utah and Florida film, look, the first play of the game, what did Utah do offensively? They took a shot downfield, and it worked for them. You know who else wants to take shots downfield? Tennessee. Can they start shaking off some of this rust like they're the Transformers and Transformers 2? Come on, Megatron. Knock off the rust and get things moving downfield. But here's the, here's the, big, the big thing that I want to take from this, or I, I, at least through two weeks. Anybody and, – and, Joe, I have them bookmarked. I, I am ready mm. to go. Like, these tweets are bookmarked and ready to go. I had everybody telling me that this offense was not going to miss a stride and people didn't realize just how good Hendon Hooker was. Is it the system? Yes. But you have to have an effective quarterback with high accuracy in this offense to be able to do that. Now, when I mentioned that Milton went one for eight, Joe, he did after going starting one for eight, went 11 for 12 in his next 12 passing attempts. Nine of those were screens. So when, when we talk about this, okay, and why that game was so close, they were throwing slants, screens, all this kind of short passing game stuff, mainly because of the offensive line and because Joe Milton wasn't in a rhythm. I like that, and then I don't like that because, look, you're getting your quarterback back into the rhythm, but he was he was inaccurate. I do feel – look, if this game were in Knoxville – I'd be, you know, I'd come on the show and say, Rocky Top, you'll always be home sweet home to me. But since this is in the deep down swamp where men wear jean shorts and Tim Tebow jerseys, I do not like this for Tennessee. I'm definitely going to sprinkle a little on the money line, I mean, on the uh, points in Florida, regardless of how I pick the game outright. So one thing, though, I want to point out here, um, first of all, I, I agree that there's a there's a path for Florida to win this game. I think that if, if Billy Napier well, let's can... Let's talk about how can they win? How can Florida win? They, I actually think that they have an advantage from having already faced Utah. They I already agree got, with that. They got out of their way, not out of their way, but they've already played a good, well-coached Power 5 team. And they made a million mistakes, a million. And we talked about that on this show. They know what the mistakes are, and they know how to correct them, and they're at home. It was all uh, pre-snap penalties. It was special teams miscues. That game could have been a very different story had they not made stupid, silly mistakes. I so agree. having already been in that difficult setting, they can approach this game and be a little bit better prepared. That's the path for them to win it. Don't make mistakes. Be a little bit more controlled. Control the pace of the game. But here's one thing I will say to your point about about Joe Milton and that Hendon Hooker comparison. I was I completely agree with that point. But the difference here with Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton, except for their physical attributes, is that Hendon Hooker was the starter for half the season prior and had all that momentum going into the year. 
Milton didn't have any of that last year and except for the last couple games. And he didn't look great in those last couple games. It's going to take a little time, I think. He looked for okay him to, against Clemson. Yeah. But my point here is that he didn't have as much time as Hendon to get into that rhythm for everything to hit the ground running. I, I really think that this could be that opportunity then for them to do so. I also am very in on the run game. This is quite possibly the best running back duo in the SEC with Jalen Wright and Jabari Small. One other piece, though, that I want to add to this. One thing that doesn't really get talked about because it was so weak last year. I think that Tennessee has a very underrated pass rush. The oh, name that James, front seven's nasty, dude. James Pierce Jr., write yep. that name down now. That kid is a, a freak. He is. Yeah, he was dude. all over the place. I know it was against Austin P, but you see those flashes of just a physical He was all over the place against Virginia, too. He is going to – he can be a game-breaker in this game against a, a weakish offensive <laughs> line in Florida. He can make some serious plays. I just want to say this is why bowl games don't matter when it comes to performance on the back end. You know, like he played so well against Clemson. So what? Like what What did that matter? Look, I do think Florida can't keep this close. I do like the home field advantage. But here's the thing for me with Florida. You just don't have the personnel that Tennessee does. From yeah. top to bottom, they don't have the personnel. And quite frankly – I don't know if they have the better coaching staff. I, I, I really don't. When, on paper, when it comes to personnel and coaching, Joe, I don't think Florida beats them in anything. I don't, you know, if you go down the list of personnel, like quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, O-line, D-line, linebackers, running backs, special teams, you would probably pick Tennessee as being yeah. better in all of those position groups. Yeah. They're just rusty. They're correct. So this game could be a blowout. We'll see. But going to the swamp is never easy, regardless of how bad Florida sucks. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll wait and see on that one. Joe, another game really quickly. You got Penn State and the Illini. Now, I know that your Illini um, went to Lawrence, Kansas, and got their teeth kicked in a little bit. But, but... I am highly intrigued about this one. Can Drew Aller do it against a P5 team? Can he do it against a team that can get after him a little bit? Mm -hmm. I think that they got to make a statement. I, I really do think that, that Penn State's got to make a statement here. This is a really nice little test, especially for having to battle with that front seven and Keith Randolph right. and Jurjon Newton. But, but, I man, I really – looked at this game at the beginning of the year and thought, wow, that is going to be such a fun week three you matchup. This would be the game of the week or the game of the, the week for this week, week three. Illinois beats Kansas. They're ranked right now, and this is a ranked-on-ranked game right now. This is a really good matchup, but it's not because all of the issues that Illinois has were completely exposed by Kansas. Look, plain and simple, their their offensive line is, is terrible. Illinois' offensive line is doing a, a horrendous job of protecting Luke Altmaier. Luke Altmaier hasn't played great statistically, but it, it hasn't been his fault. He's been running for his life. He's been pressured. It's led to interceptions, and they can't generate a run game. I, I think the last game against Kansas, he was the leading rusher. He had yeah, to pick up all of their yards. Around, dude. They got pushed around. Altmaier was on his yeah. ass all night long. Pause, but he was on his ass all night long. Isaiah Williams and him can connect and put up some yards and, and maybe scratch their way early on in this game. But 
I don't see a way that Jerjon or sorry, uh, Chop Robinson and Kalen King don't just feast uh, out there with the circumstances. I, I almost this game doesn't take much analysis. I'm I'm sorry to say this. I don't know if this is truly a, a blowout. I'm not going to go that far. I was in on Illinois in the offseason. I'm kind of out on them right now. Uh, this could be close, but I'm leaning towards it being a a 10 plus point game for Penn State. It easily could, and Joe, the only thing I'll add to that, because we're going to get to Arkansas and BYU here before we get to, um, oh, God. Uh, well, oh, LSU, Mississippi State. What does Drew, what does Penn State have to do for people to start really considering them as a, as a legit team this year? Like, is this the game that people, like, they win and, and everything's like, oh, okay, well, everybody in the offseason was right. Is this it? Yes. You go out there, you beat the shit out of Illinois, and you hang, you know, you beat them by 20. Uh, you throw for 300-plus. You run all over them like we've all anticipated, and you swarm and you get after Luke Altmeyer. That fits every – Penn State has been chalked up to be a really complete team, in my opinion, but they haven't, you know, they haven't played anybody. Now you go out there, you play a complete football game, you don't show any deficiencies against a, a respectable opponent, not a good opponent, a respectable one. All my concerns are, are squashed. They're better than Ohio State, in my opinion, if they do that. Well, the and Elks brings this up, so he this is what I set up with this. He says, but the issue is people will say it's just Illinois. But it's and, not a typical Illinois team. It's not a bottom. It's not like they're bottom in the conference like they've been in the past. True, but you people casuals don't understand that going to Lawrence, Kansas, and losing is it, you know it it it's not easy to go in there anymore. They, Joe, they had a sellout. They they spent three hundred. Well, did you watch the game with uh, with Kansas and Illinois last week? Like they yes. were interviewing the AD on the sidelines, and they had spent three hundred and seventy million dollars and pushed it into their football program. So there's a lot to that's being built in Lawrence uh, as well. I, 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 they're kind of my sleeper team in a lot of ways of a, of a, of a sleeper nine win team. I really like Lance Leipold a lot. Mm. Um, one last thing I'll say, Drew Aller, sleeper Heisman contender. He's you, putting up the numbers. He's putting up the numbers. Yes. You use this game as a momentum builder. And then I think that their first big game is against Ohio state. Dude, you show up, you beat Ohio State, you're going to be right up there with, with Shadur and with Caleb. Yeah, and look, Kansas, like we said in the very beginning, Kansas just took it to them. They kicked their ass. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Joe, listen, we're going to roll through quickly on some of these because we're going to get to our picks, and we got, you know, the big game at the end here. BYU and Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on a mini rant here. You ready? BYU beat Sam Houston State 14 to nothing. 14 to nothing. BYU got literally just beat down in the second and third quarter offensively against Sam Houston State. By the way, Sam Houston State has one of the worst yards per play averages in all of college football. All of college football. They are not good offensively. And but here's the problem. Didn't matter because Sam Houston State's defense kept them in the game because BYU's offense wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Slovis didn't have a great game. I think he, you know, he would respond against Southern Utah. I think he had like 350 yards and four TDs. He didn't look bad. They finally let him kind of rip it a little bit. The problem that I have with this now, I, I do think Arkansas is going to win. 
But when are we going to start saying that this mo- this offensive game plan is maybe a Sam Pittman issue? Because Joe, they are not progressing. They don't. They look the exact same. They look the exact same. There are some personnel changes. There are some schematical changes. But KJ Jefferson went thirteen of nineteen for 136 yards and two touchdowns against Kent State. The Garcia kid, the running back for Kent State, ran all over them. He was juking them in space, running dudes over. And I'm like, good God, man. This is like you're playing Kent State. I I get people are making fun of the SEC, Alabama losing to Texas, LSU losing to Florida State. This is Kent freaking State now. One of the worst teams in college football. You can make that argument. By the way, Sean Lewis, their ex-head coach, is the new OC at Colorado. It's not like they should be hitting on all cylinders here. Nothing has really improved with KJ throwing the football. I I keep hearing from so many people that KJ Jefferson is one of the best, if not the best quarterback in the SEC. That's horseshit. It is horseshit. He is one of the best runners in college football. Yes, yes. Bottom line, but when it comes to him getting the ball down the field, not even Joe, like people get on Jane Daniels as an example for this, not throwing the ball down the field. He's He couldn't hold Jane Daniels' jock strap when it comes to throwing the football. Like, it's not even remotely close. He's sailing balls, right? Like, he, he can't find guys in the intermediate passing game. If you want to show me for once that you've changed a little bit, you got to show me this week because Hmm. you're going to be the same old Arkansas. I'm going to tell you the truth. I played with Cody Kennedy, their offensive line coach. If it wasn't for their offensive line, they might have gotten their ass kicked last week. They did not start off great at all. The O-line was dominating at times, and running backs are missing holes. KJ trying to make a play that he's probably not supposed to be trying to make. Joe, they had a third and goal on the one-yard line. This is how I knew that this is why I have so much suspect or so much just like what are we doing energy around Arkansas. Third and goal on the one-yard line. You're Todd. You bring, up a lot of, you bring up a lot of really good points. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Third yeah, go and goal yes. on the one-yard line. Actually, the one-inch yard line. They have all three timeouts. Sam Pittman lets the uh, delay of game happen. And K.J. Jefferson, a fifth-year senior, lets a delay of game happen without calling a timeout. You can't let that happen. I know in the very next play was a bad snap. K.J. would improvise and score a touchdown. You can't do this against Power 5 teams and opponents. Mm -hmm. You're going to get away with this probably against BYU this week. But when you do play Alabama, the LSUs, the Ole Misses, the Mississippi States – the teams that you got to – the points are – shit, Joe. Uh, you can't do that against AM. AM will score with you. Will people forget that AM didn't score 34 points last week and slowed down Miami's running game to 77 yards? Everybody wants to continue to tell me that Arkansas is a contender. I call horseshit. You bring up a lot of really good points here, and I think that my main takeaway from this, and I said this to you on Twitter – Arkansas has had such an opportunity to capital like that. Them and Old Miss, I feel, are have such a really good situation where they can take advantage of 
the SEC being down. I know that like you don't like it when I say that, and, and just in general, a lot of but people. So they're they're not executing right. when they're not playing SEC teams, right? So my my whole thing here is that there's a whole debate on is it a down year for the SEC? Let's throw that out out the window. There has not been any clear uh, indication of who the third best team is right now in the conference. And Arkansas, their roster, Joe, we don't know who for the them to be best there. Team but the not, conference is yes. But my point here is that Arkansas has had an opportunity in these first couple of games to establish confidence in themselves and for the general public to be confident in them, and they haven't done it. They have a veteran quarterback and a first-round pick caliber running back, and they have not been blowing out and dominating the crappy teams that they've played. Now, they Rocket need Sanders to be was out this damage. week. Rocket Sanders was out last week, but what's it shouldn't have mattered. What's his injury status? I like, don't deal? think he's playing this week either. That's a, see, that's the biggest problem here. You know, you don't, you're th- that, they, but Joe, we're, we're, no, but that's my thing is that they matter. can't, pl- they can't play without him, which is, that's where the issue is. Like you, you have to be able to do other things. And it was one of the things that we talked about in the, in the off season. They don't have any emerging receivers. You know, the, where's Traylon Not Burks? At all. Where's your Traylon right. Burks? There's no one in any work. They got a white kid named Tesla. Elon Musk should give the kid an NIL deal. That's hilarious. My, I, mean, I, get, <laughs> I don't I think trust I don't trust white wide receivers with red hair. I don't trust coaches that wear their bills all the way turned in or coaches that have Velcro hats, and I don't trust wide receivers with red hair. Or never mind, I'm not gonna I'm not say gonna, it. I was gonna make fun of Sam Pittman, but I'm not going to because I like uh, Sam Pittman. I like I, Sam Pittman. I don't mind his milkers. <laughs> I don't mind the milkers. Look, I, I think, don't, but it's just things in college football, Joe, that don't jive. White wide receivers with red hair, dude, does not jive with me. I, I don't know a single one that a single guy with red hair that's been successful. So that's that's a problem. <laughs> my <laughs> my my deal here, though, they physically up front, I think, are, are going to win this football game just because their <laughs> offensive line has just always been so well coached. I, I I've been I've been out on Keaton Slovis since he left USC. I just don't know. They've got one good football player Sue Matea one of their tackles is really talented um but other than that man I don't I don't have any redeeming things that I can put stock in like BYU is has they been can't run the football they can't throw the football no. they can't they, they can't get a push on their uh, on their d-line they're they're suspect on the back end this is there's no excuse that Arkansas can't go out there and kick their ass none but this game will probably be a one score game because they have been you know, sloppy, really, really sloppy. We, a, a receiver needs to emerge. That's my biggest deal. And well, here's uh, the problem with that, Joe. Can he get it to him? Because I think he I can. can. It's just Traylon Burks a couple yes. years ago, and Burks saved him on a lot of things. Joe, I'm looking at throws here. Okay, I, this is what I marked down in watching film. There are three. There are three throws that he makes in this film study and breakdown that where has the progression, where is the progression? Like we make, we talk all this shit about Mertz. We talking about Daniels. Uh, who's another quarterback. Did you like talking Milton? Like all these dudes, we, we even question a, a talented guy like Drew Aller at Penn state, mm. whatever, whoever, wherever. Okay. But the bottom line is, is that I don't trust in KJ to lead them down the road and get to where they want to be. I, I, I really don't. Now, 
Can he run the football at a high rate? Yes, I'm specifically talking about if they take it away from him, can he throw you to a win? Because there's one thing that we've seen in the SEC, especially in the West this year. You know who can score? Ole Miss, LSU. uh, uh, Ole Miss, LSU. Why, uh, Why am I blanking on the third team that I was thinking about here? When, oh, Texas A&M, those teams have gone against Power 5 opponents and scored. Yes. You're going up against Kent State last week, and you look like you don't give a damn about being there. That is a concern for me. And I love the Arkansas faithful. I love the Arkansas fans. But the bottom line is, is you're going to have to show me on film where they're not better or where they've gotten better. Because really they hadn't. They've gotten better on their defensive line a little bit, and they're getting more of a pass rush. But it's not, the reason that looks different is because Barry Odom used to drop uh, eight five seven or six seven three oh nine in the back. He used to drop everybody out in coverage and rush three. You're going to look different when you're getting a pass rush when you're dropping everybody. I, I to kind of conclude the thoughts on this game. Um, I do think that KJ though has has kind of stagnated. You know, it's it's disappointing when we talk about how leading into the season he was in the discussion as one of the best. Him and Will Rogers. We're about to talk to Will about Will Rogers. I feel like there's just been a general stagnation by this elder group of quarterbacks in the SEC, and that's that's led to the downplay. Is that all these guys that we thought could be really really good in their final years, and we talk about the importance of experience at the quarterback position, that experience isn't showing up, and it definitely isn't showing up with KJ. He's too reliant on running, running the ball, and he is not doing much to create for his receivers. It doesn't help that he doesn't have any receivers. I will give him an excuse there, but they have to do more throwing the football. I do agree with that 100% because the minute that Rocket Sanders, and I'm blanking on the name of their backup who's a decent player, um, when he's out, when Sanders is out, they got to be able to throw the football. They just have to. They're going to have to. And look, you got on Connor Cook. On Monday with the Brain Cook. Brain Cook, thank you. What did I call him? Connor? Yeah, because it wasn't Connor I, Cook. I call Michigan every State. white dude from like Missouri Connor because it just seems like the most white name of, uh, you know out there. Yeah. But Brain Cook, okay? Brady. You get on to him. But, Joe, if they got into a situation, I feel better at him throwing the ball down the field than I do KJ. Now, KJ's going to run, and he's a good quarterback when you add that in. But you're not going to be able to go in week at week in, week out, and that's why he's been getting hurt. All right. Very quickly, like two seconds, one sentence on this. South Carolina have a chance against Georgia? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's not October yet, so no, they're not. By the way, I just uh, – October is going to be insufferable, by the way. I, I'm, I'm just I'm – You're the you one right You're the one that made it, imba- you know, embarrassing no, 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 yourself. I, I'm saying I'm – I am going to make October. Yeah, be careful. I, I'm suddenly going. It's sending another quarterback that everybody talks about too, Joe. Yeah. I'm out on South Carolina from in September, November, and December, but in the Just month of October, October, it's October and they're going to win every single game. Five okay. and zero, four and zero. I agree. I think Georgia is going to steamroll them a little bit. I think they do keep it a little close. I, I am interested to see if South Carolina gets a good special teams play in there. Uh, LSU and Mississippi State to wrap up today. Before we get to our picks, your thoughts. I've said a lot on it on AYS. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this one to you. Yeah, I I really think that the very similar vein of the Tennessee Florida game here for LSU, where I have labeled Mississippi State in the way that I've ranked them coming into the season as 
one of the weaker SEC teams. They dealt with a brutal offseason. The transfer portal was not kind to them. Uh, one of their all. best receivers left and went to Georgia. And right now, Will Rogers, who has thrown for a million yards in the past, isn't really doing that anymore. This Mississippi State team feels stunted. They haven't really done much to start the season. And I think that LSU could continue to build off of the momentum of dominating Grambling, which is, you know, it is what it is. It's an FCS opponent. But to show up and dominate an FCS, or not an FCS, sorry, an SEC team, I think is really, really important for, for getting ready for that remaining stretch of the year. So I, I think that this one, more than the Florida-Tennessee game, could be very, very lopsided because uh, Mississippi State just has not been been very strong the past couple of weeks. Talk about a complete change in philosophy. They go to throwing the ball around 45 times a game to running the ball 45 times a game. It's not uh, working. It, well, I mean, it has. I mean, but here's the thing. This Joe, they had four turnovers in the first half, meaning Mississippi State, and they only scored 14 points. And this is what happens when coordinators worry more about one side of the ball than the other. Arizona had a 19-play drive, and Zach Arnett admitted that he was scared that if he, you know, they go three and out, that his defense would have to be back on the field. That you you can't play scared. Like if you're going to admit to playing scared, you don't need to be in that position. Like you have to. This you're not a DC anymore. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're you're a head coach. You got to go after it. Brian Kelly versus Zach Arnett. The question becomes, has LSU continued to progress offensively and defensively like they did last week? How much did getting Mason Smith come back? We'll, 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 we'll see. I'm going to throw this out there. A year ago, a year ago, around this time, around this time a year ago, there was a guy named Harold Parkins that started emerging. See if it happens again. All right, yeah, you want to be an opportunity for that. LSU's got to get got to get after Rodgers. They're going to have to get after quarterback. If they don't, it's going to be a long night. I, I mean, I can see that. I just I, I don't know, dude. A I looked at that day. that yeah, long yeah. Day. that Arizona game though is just such a weird weird game. How they've given up more rushing yards to the quarterback, a scrambling or just quarterbacks in general. They've given up more yards to quarterback than anybody in the P five the last two years. Four turnovers, though, man, that they, they forced. Like, that's where I'd be really the most wary. Like, I'm not at all afraid of Mississippi State's offense. Like, you're you're going to have no problem there. It's can you limit the turnovers? Because four picks. Like, I know the Lawrence turn the ball stings. over, though. Yeah. Jaden will tuck it before he turns the ball over. The one that he right. had against Florida State, his receiver fell down. Yeah. And um, everybody, you were one of these people. I, yeah, I bookmarked your tweet that Daniels was keeping neighbors down. Well, you can't fall down. <laughs> You bookmarked my tweet? What the hell? Yeah, I bookmarked your tweet. Jeez. Uh, okay. I was, well, I'll be on I was, the lookout. I was, too, I was too pissed off to uh, – because LSU is about to give the game. All right, here are our picks, Joe, uh, right. for this week. So we talked about Kansas State, Missouri. Both of us pretty much agreed K-State there. We talked about Florida and Tennessee. I have an asterisk on mine, but you're going with Tennessee. I have 24 hours before the game kicks off if I want to change my pick here because it is Wednesday. Arkansas and BYU – um, <laughs> why did you put Blake Ole Arkansas? Oh crap! I mean, I, <laughs> it said Ole Miss there last week, and I, meant, I forgot to forgot to delete that. Uh, here's an interesting game: Pitt and West Virginia. I have Pitt, you have West Virginia. Want to talk on that one really quickly? 
Yeah, this is man. This is just a terrible game. This is just a really bad football game. But the reason why Neil I put Brown's it on there, getting fired at the end of the year, right? Uh, he's actually not been that bad. But uh, yeah, he's probably gonna. One of the things I heard on this is that they might not have enough money to get rid of him. Um, so they might. God, need it's to the just, most West Virginia thing of all time. They might have to just kind of suffer through him. I always support uh, Pitt. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on their head coach's name. Uh, um, oh, the, the Rat. Narduzzi. Narduzzi. Pat Narduzzi. Former Rhode Island linebacker. So I, I'm a I'm a Pat Narduzzi fan. But you pick West Virginia. I am. So I'm my reasoning for picking West Virginia is I, I thought that I saw a little bit more fight against Penn State than I got from Pitt against Cincinnati. Phil Dracovic, man, has regressed at a an alarming, alarming rate. So I'm I'm not really in on, um, in on Dracovic and that pit team to to really do any damage against. I think this is going to be like a 13 to 10 game. I think there's so much potential for that. I I got to admit, this is a coin flip for me. But I yeah. I had a feeling that you were going to go West Virginia because Monday you said I'm going to mix some things up. But and I got to I got to get a lead here. I have no faith in Pat Narduzzi either. I got to start making up ground here even mm-hmm. if I don't believe it. Same thing with Tennessee. So yeah, I got to make up some, some ground uh, on this one. Um, JMU, James Madison, against Troy. I am surprised that you went Troy here over Jay Madison, but you got a little history with old James Madison. Yeah, I used to play against them. Played them four years in a row right before they moved up to – the FBS level, uh, they hung 80 on me. My, it was my first ever, uh, start against James Madison and they, they hung 80 on us. That was one of the most depressing (laughs) things. I punted 12 times in that game. I got a lot of run in that game. I was on the field way too much. Did Did you have any tackles? Oh no, I was dude. I couldn't cover for shit. I was one of the worst. I like to say, and I haven't said this on this show before, so uh, that I was you you had 12 opportunities in the deep snapper that doesn't ever get blocked. You couldn't get down the field to make a tackle. No, no they were they were blocking me in this game. But they do you be surprised if I get down there every single time I would get down there in my whole you career. You get blindsided? No, it was always a fair catch. Every single time that I got down there, the only oh, way that I would have for you, you did your job. Yeah, but I want to get a tackle. Well, you should you could you can hit him, you just get you're going to get a flag. Right. I almost got I recovered a fumble once. I was a yard away, but one of my teammates jumped on it like right as I was going. Would you have it, picked so. it up and scoop, try to scoop and you, score? You're not allowed to, but the ball landed in the end zone. If you fumble, so my, oh, if you fumble? On, a, on a punt, you can't advance a muffed punt. But it's, a muff punt, I didn't say muff. You said fumble. You still can't advance it. On a fumble? If well, it was a it was a muffed punt. Like it, it, yeah, hit him muffed, in the, it came down on muffs. You can't. But if a guy no. fields it, starts running and fumbles, you can pick it up and take that bitch to hizzy. Yes, yes. Right. But that that ball happened to land in the end zone, and my teammate fell on it. He got the touchdown. I was, you know, a second too late that I could have been. I could have scored a touchdown. A long snapper could have scored a touchdown. I was robbed of that opportunity. My point, you know, getting back to this game though. Um, I, I think that it's nice that JMU beat UVA last week, but I think that we're discounting Troy a little bit because of what happened against Kansas State. I think that Kansas State is just that freaking good that they wiped their ass. Uh, so I'm leaning on – I'm going with Who Troy. Who wiped whose ass? 
I'm going with Troy. I'm picking Troy. <laughs> I picked Troy to win this game. You said wipe the ass. You didn't say whip the ass. You said wipe the ass. I like whose asses are you wiping? I misspoke. <laughs> I mean, when you miss when you misspeak, though, it's usually something like in general. But I mean, I've never misspoke saying I'm wiping somebody's ass. You brought back all these bad memories of James Madison for me, okay? And, you know, I'm rattled. I said a wrong word. You know what I meant. Uh, Mike Hollins for – so James Madison played Virginia last week, and yeah. Mike Hollins is a kid from Baton Rouge who was one of the victims um, who got shot and recovered. Um, first off, shout out to Mike Hollins. The dude is an impeccable young man. Like, he is an amazing young man. Um. They Virginia blew a 14-point lead for James Madison to come back. Troy ain't ever – I mean, James Madison's a good program, man. They're a good, well-coached team. So is Troy. That's my whole point here. I know – I've been Troy to Troy's campus. I've, I've been to Troy's campus. I've dated a girl from Troy, okay? And I've been to a rave at Troy. So I Sounds went to terrible. hang out with her, okay, for like a sorority party. Mm-hmm. By the way, Melissa, my goodness, uh, we went to a rave and it was the weird of the weird. I had to get out of there. Too much, too many banjos are playing in Troy. Beautiful campus. Oh my god, I'm never picking Troy for anything. And you know what else? Troy beat LSU and Ed Orgeron's first season. I hope that they lose every single game. <laughs> oh, so there it is. The hey, underlying... by the way, when LSU lost to Troy. Mm-hmm. Here's a trivia question for you: When LSU lost to Troy. In 2017, do you know who the head coach was? Of Troy? Don't, yeah, don't look it up. Was it Drinkwitz? Nope. You just talked about him. Shane Beamer? Nope. Just talked about him. It's not Arnett, was it? No. <laughs> Neil Brown. Uh. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Neil Brown's got a win versus Ed Orgeron and LSU. Sucked at you. It's just sucked at West Virginia. All right, any more of these that you want to um, talk about that we hadn't discussed? No, no I'm going to go five and zero. Oh. You're going to go two and three and two. How the, if I move no picks? Well, I guess I could. You got. You're really relying on uh, West Virginia and, and Troy here. I'm kind of afraid. I'm wor- I'm a little worried about that. Well, I might not change though. anything just to get just to get a lead here. Just to get a lead right. here. Joe getting nasty today. Yeah, 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 yeah. Justin yeah. Farmer says, geez, 80 points. Shouldn't have shared that with you Nelk guys. Says, so Joe hates JMU like Mark May hates Ohio State. Yeah. Pretty much. Uh, uh, Hughes, we we got AYS right after that, right after this. Uh, Delton Ducey says Moose State will throw more this week. I agree with that. I did. I They're going to need to. I think I have to go all SEC because our SEC games are against SEC opponents. Yeah, yeah. You. It's not one of those weeks. <laughs> all right, all right. It's been good, Joe. Anything else before we conclude here? Anything? No. Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, Notre Dame dropping sixty on Central Michigan. That's it. I can't wait for that Ohio State game. I might wear an Ohio oh, State shirt. You Sunday. do that. You do that. I'm not talking to you. We're the show will be an hour of silence. <laughs> no one will talk. I mean, you came out here with 
Well, I guess it'd be like you coming out here with a Bama shirt on. Yeah, so. what if I put a Bama shirt on for Bama week? You'd be pissed at me. I mean, my name's first on the show, so, I mean, I, I you know. Okay. All right. Good show, buddy. Hell yeah. Let's like re- get ready for some football this weekend. We'll see you guys Sunday. Peace. This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer.